fasten your seatbelts. Wednesday, everybody, and I'm back. <laughs> still trying to hang in there from um, surgery. Still pretty tired, but um, I'm managing. So you look pretty good. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I had Eric take me out for dinner tonight, and that was hard sitting on some chairs just because my leg is not bending too much yet. So um, I had to just get out of the house. I was starting to go stir crazy. Yeah, it's been so, a week. Yeah, a week um, yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah, two uh, therapy sessions down. I've got another one on Friday. So, so anyway, um, anything new with you, Dewey's? No, everything's about the same. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How's the weather down there? It's hot. Very hot. All right. We, yeah, we were hot and humid for a couple days, and then tonight, um, about four o'clock, we started to get really bad storms and tornadoes. I called my parents before the show, and they were actually down in their basement um, with the tornado sirens going off, and so they were just kind of playing it safe. And they're about thirty miles south of us, so I think everything's kind of gone through and it's cooled off now. So it was actually. 93 here yesterday, I believe. Wow. Yes, it does get warm in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. So um, 
couple new things. Um, um, remember a couple weeks ago, Deweese and I had asked about um, kind of changing the format a little bit. Well, we're changing it up a kind of a lot. A little bit. <laughs> so tonight we've got a cool couple that's coming on and we've got, we've added a, a, a co-host to the show and um, whenever they want to not fly, they're going to be able to come on and hang out and help us out on the show. So let's who, see who we got. Ah! Scare me. <laughs> Man, I'm just breaking all sorts of gender barriers, aren't I? <laughs> you are. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You're in a lot of trouble. Well, hello, hot buttered Steve. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for helping us out. We're glad to have you. I get to hang out with Wheezy. Yeah. What more can you ask for? That's right. I like I know. I'm just going to private chat with her the entire time, trying to make her good. <laughs> All right. Oh, what am I, chop liver? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. So let's get to the show, but I want to thank you very much, Steve, for um, helping us out. I think you're going to be a great asset to the show and whenever you can help out. And uh, we all look forward to hearing stories from you and craziness from you also. So this week we, like I said, changed the format up. I did have a cancellation and this couple um, did an awesome job of coming in and saving us. And um, I think they're a pretty awesome couple. We got to camp with them this year down at Bad Apples and let's bring them in, um, Chris and Kristen. Hey, hey guys. Hey everyone. Welcome. So, so where are you guys at? South Carolina. South Carolina. All right. And Kristen, what were you just doing before the show started? <laughs> I'm kind of concerned what Chris told everybody I was doing. <laughs> no, I thought I it was approving time cards for work. No, uh, no. <laughs> we're outside. He told what you tell me I was doing outside? I told him you were feeding the chickens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have chickens. <laughs> he chickens. I said, nope. Oh. So he lied to us? He did. Oh. <laughs> Not surprising. He makes up all sorts of things. Lord. I'm learning more and more about him. <laughs> I believed him. <laughs> all right. So. Most of the pictures that were in the intro were of Chris when you went to SIV, right? Mm -hmm. And um, some of your just foot launch <coughs> stuff and um, and tandem <laughs> stuff. Sorry. Um, so tell us a little bit about where you started out or I guess what got you into this kind of sport? Um, flying all together was... Uh, I guess mainly it started out when I was in the military, I was a medic and did a rotation for life flight, part of my EMT rotation and first night car wreck, bad car wreck, had fun on the scene as far as getting everything together. But when I got into that helicopter, my whole mindset changed. I'm glad that the patient had two 
medics, I was the third person. I was the rider, so I didn't really have any responsibilities. But him piloting that helicopter just blew my mind, and that was the best thing. So that's kind of what got me for the desire to get off the ground. Um, I was in the Air Force, but I was on the Air Force base, the only one that doesn't have a flight line. I was a weapons instructor. So just because I was in the Air Force, I didn't fly planes and not even really wanted to. They just had the job that I wanted. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then after what year that, was the helicopter flight again? What's that? What year was the, uh, the light flight again? 96. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm that old. <laughs> don't, don't get confused by looking at her. I'm that old. Well, you look good. I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, thanks, Steve. <laughs> Stop hitting on each other. <laughs> and after that, um, I came back to South Carolina, was changed a few jobs here and there, and went back and did a couple of hours of helicopter, started finding out how much it's going to cost and how long it was going to take. And I didn't have the money to do it then, so I went fixed wing and spent 20 something hours in the uh, Cessna 172. And then got to the point where I started getting, my blood sugar went up, I'm pre-diabetic and my mom was getting sick from cancer. My mind wasn't in it, so I dropped out and thought I was done. And somehow came across PPC and PPG and talked to a couple people on the phone about the differences. Then I started watching YouTube clips and self-training. Nice. So going back to 1996 is probably about the same year that I worked for a police department and we had a really bad crash and we ended up calling um, the life flight out. Um, and it was kids that were um, trapped in a burning vehicle, two, two vehicles. And I stuck with this one group of kids that were trapped in the back and they got him on the cot and I held his hand until we got up to the helicopter. I seriously thought I was going on the helicopter and I had the, the pilot's uh, helmet in my hand and I'm like, yes, I'm going to get to go along and I'm putting the helmet on. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So, Yeah. Now, the weird thing about the helicopter, I remember when I was doing, when I was getting my briefing before they had the room and the room was blocked off and I was warned, do not go in this room because the pilot sits in there. It was, I ran a night shift and the pilot sits in there in a dark room with like a light red light or something. So his, the rods and cones in his eyes are adjusted and he's ready to go. And they said that he'd flip out if I went in there and turned the light on. Oh. I had no idea that it makes sense, but. His eyes don't have to adjust. Yeah, totally. So before we pass off any questions, I'd like to say uh, hello to Travis DuPont, Bill H., Miss Angie Drum. She also says thank you for your service. Scuba and Montana's in here. He says he wasn't even born in 96. <laughs> Wendy the Explorer and... Justin are watching on their big screen back home. They finally made it back home to Pennsylvania after partying for, what, two weeks? <laughs> Kelby Cox and tell, 
Kelby's asking, did he do 20 years in the Air Force? Six. Six. Okay. Well, it was four and four. It was eight total, but it was four active. Okay. So, yeah, looks like this is what we've got in here. And thank you all for joining. And John Wayne stopped in briefly before the show and said he was going to do a quick flight. He'd be back down um, to join in the show later. So, you guys got any questions? Deweese, you got any questions? Travis also uh, wants to know, is Chris the first guy we've had on the show? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think so. I think... Uh, I think Hot Butter Steve was the first guy we had on the show. Yep. Hot Butter Steve. Yeah. Not as a guest, though. Well, no, not as a, not as a guest. We um, had a Christmas show. Was it a Christmas show? Yeah, it, was, it was Halloween. Halloween, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No to Eric. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nose, that's a nosy question, huh? <laughs> both, Everybody of them, asks. both of them are gonna punch him <laughs> everybody asks us that <laughs> it'll happen when it happens it's still early we've been together seven years <laughs> still early <laughs> we've got time she's young we got time all right steve you want to ask that one so does Kristen want to fly asked by Karen up. I would love to just be able to get a, a setup and immediately do acro. And if that were possible, then yes, I would fly. But I don't know that I have the patience to learn it all. I think it's fun when Chris and I fly together. I do enjoy it. It's sometimes relaxing. It's nice to see the scenery, especially if we fly from different places. It is always nice to see the different areas that we go, but I'm not sure about learning at all to have the patience to do acro, get to that point. But I do love the acro part. Okay, so, maybe so, one day. so it's not about the patience to learn how to fly because you can do that relatively quickly. You want to be able to get up there and crank and bank. And Absolutely. <laughs> you like that, huh? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Remind me to never go up with Chris. <laughs> He's the only one I do anything with. And um, I have reinforced the trike so many places. If you ever, if you ever look at it close, pay attention to all the safety straps and things, but we don't do anything completely overhead. It's, you know, 90 degrees, but we do, we do pull a couple of G's. I know a lot of everybody agrees with that, but it's it's us we're all right with it I've, I've noticed lately people have been kind of questioning that so i guess my question would be uh like what size of uh tandem wing do you usually use and do you replace it a little faster well i'm on a huge 38 now but when we oh, started okay. the first wing we were flying on was a 34 charger and that thing was great because it was loaded on the top side and it would do whatever you wanted to. This 38 is not, doesn't throw around as easy. It's, it's like one of those big Orca 42s. Oh, okay. Yeah, I not went easy. up on a, I went up on a 31 down at Bad Apples. And by the time we landed, because we were running the engine so hard, it was a Pliny. Yeah, it was spewing coolant everywhere. 
the flight bosses were like, do you, are you running a smoke system? We're like, no, our engine's blowing up. <laughs> That's those Fellinis. So Gladys Lupke, um, she's down in Florida. She is asking Chris, you said yourself taught. How did that, how long did that take you? I, and clear it up. I was self-taught initially, um, six months from the first day I started watching videos and reading to my first flight. But I so I trained with someone that also self-trained and we were right along the same. I wasn't as comfortable because my kiting skills weren't there. So I flew out to Kyle O's for two yeah. days and he taught me to um, kite. What yeah. I think is great in, in a matter of a day, even though I was there a couple of days. And then soon after that, I did my first, my YouTube page has my first launch on it. Had no problem, but I'm not a, I don't recommend everybody do it, but I'm not one of those that says you're going to break a proper gear if you don't. Yeah, Some people can do it. I'm, my advice is, is it does take longer. It takes a lot longer and you do have to have the mindset to be able to do it. It's not for everyone. I wouldn't do it again, but the guy I fly with, he's great. He's a better pilot than I am, especially on acro stuff. And he has never had a lesson except for his tandem. What was your motivation for uh, pursuing self-taught first? Nobody would, nobody even close would do it less than seven or 10 days. And I could not take two weeks off to go play around. I, I have a job and responsibilities and I couldn't do it. And I couldn't find anyone close enough to do like a weekend here and then come home for a month and do another weekend or something. So it really was just no availability. I would have paid if it would have been, if I'd have been Kyle's neighbor or, or somebody else's neighbor, I would have done it in a heartbeat and paid for it. Interesting. Mm. <clears throat> I don't think right. you were aware of a lot of the people closer that's training now at the time that you started training. For yeah. You. No, I didn't, I didn't know anyone. Um, I, I had been kiting for months before I'd ever even seen a paramotor in person. I think I had my paramotor, my pluma, before I'd ever physically seen one. Totally the backwards way that everybody complains about. And I agree, it's it was a risk, but I, I had a pluma and a pegasus. And now we got people all over the place. In fact, you got the golden ticket right next door. You're a state away from Brooke Sheffield. Yep. It's like my I'm favorite person in the world. Three. I trained with him and yeah, him and at Hill, nothing even better with him and Mark teaming up. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. I kind of just want to pay them a whole ton of money. Just to get retrained by him. <laughs> so welcome Shane's planet Shane. Who is that? Um, I think that's uh, a guy that flies with Cody that I'm talking about that I trained. I oh. self trained with, um, he's friends with Cody. Okay. He was at the fly-in with us. He sat down there. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Him and his wife, Him and his wife came. Yep, because I, I see that he knew Montana, so yes, I know. Uh, Tim Ants, um, a.k.a. Montana. <laughs> Is Chris a trainer now, or are you planning to become one? I have the BFI cert, the tandem cert, PPG3, foot launch and wheel launch, but no, I do not plan on training other than Kristen or 
if we're to fly in, somebody wants to go up and learn something, I'll do that. But as far as a business, I taught um, concealed carry classes and first aid and EMT classes. I'm not interested in teaching for a profession anymore. It's rough. And the public is very rough these days. <laughs> Eric wants to know if he can come to the wedding. <laughs> and actually plan the wedding. <laughs> the wedding. He can do all of it. And he can attend. If he goes, I get to be a bridesmaid. I'm just saying. Perfect. Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> as long as Eric brings cheese curds. <laughs> oh yeah. And get this. Travis, <laughs> Kristen likes Wisconsin spicy cheese curds. <laughs> Travis doesn't want any. Why? <laughs> Travis doesn't like cheese curds. <laughs> he felt he got the bad end of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> he got the stinky blue cheese. Apparently. <laughs> oh, Travis, right. wants to, Travis says, is Chris an electrician? He's administrator of the Cosmos 300 group. He's always fixing electrical problems. Yeah, and uh, strangely enough, I've been getting people sent to me from some some of the bigger dealers, including Travis at uh, One Up Adventures. And Travis is a master Cosmos uh, mechanic. Pierce, Mor Pierce, I should say Pierce Morgan. Pierce that owns um, <laughs> Off Grid. Trying to work with them on getting the off-grid throttle in uh, intertwined with the Cosmos because it's there's no paperwork on it. But I, I was an electrician. That's what I studied in high school. And in the refrigeration business, 90% of refrigeration repairs is electrical. So I am somewhat of an electrician. And um, I started the Cosmos group because I got the Cosmos. There wasn't a stitch of paper about the cosmos out there so i got that thing in a box completely clueless luckily knew how to draw and read schematics and figure things out now it's a lot of it's out but i do everything i can to help everybody and that's the good thing about that page is there's no drama on it you go and ask a question and somebody will answer you quickly well that's that's really good a no drama page that's really good I police it very tight because I, I don't want any of that on there. It's you, you go on there to learn. Um, there's a lot of prospective people that are thinking about going to the cosmos that come on there and ask questions. Mm -hmm. and I'm not allowed on there. <laughs> Why not? Don't worry about it. <laughs> you got booted off right away, huh? <laughs> No, I haven't booted anyone. I'm the only admin of it. And I've, I've everyone, as long as they, that's for us, there's two pages. There's, there's a cosmos that was overseas. And when I would go on there, there was a lot of it didn't pertain to us and wasn't being anything other than I wanted it in the U S because I wanted what we deal with. So unless they have the pointing fingers, like buy this fly products, t-shirt or something like that, I don't, I'll let everybody on there. Okay. Since you're talking about that motor, just out of curiosity, I'm sure it's been done, but do you know people that will actually foot launch it? It has been done. I forgot who it was, but yes, it has been done. I doubt that they will, but I could see 
some 325 pound person being able to carry it. It's a heavy motor. It's it's almost twice what the motor is, I believe. Have oh wow! Roller skates on. A strong person would, but I wouldn't. That thing would run me in the ground. So, Steve, you want to ask this next one? So, Shane's Planet Shane, he says, all up weight for tandem equals 205 kilograms all up. Is this a call for a larger standard wing or dedicated tandem wing with 400 plus rating? Um, I don't think you're going to get many standard wings that go up that high. I think even the big, bigger ones like the 34s, 35s, you're going to be at the top end. I would always go with a tandem wing if I could, because they're going to, they're just going to handle better. All right. And Bill H is asking, can he join the Cosmos group? I would most certainly oh, say yeah. so, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Cosmos, Viterazi Cosmos US group. I think I put US in um, parentheses. Yep. All right. Um, do we get any questions or anything on your um, own? Well, yeah. What what is your what is uh, your tandem? What kind of tandem do you fly? The wing. The machine. Uh -huh. Your tandem, well, yeah. your trike. Yeah, you had to ask that one, didn't you? Uh -huh. It is a Fly Products tandem, the old Fly Products tandem, with a Fly One Hundred, about fifteen years old cage, that I took two cages cut apart and stretched it to put the big prop on there. And then I braced it and safety wired it in every, every corner I could. Oh, the, the only downside is it's a lot smaller than everybody else's tandem mm -hmm. but with Kristen and I in there. There's no problem. I just can't get anyone bigger than me in that front seat. Yeah. I remember seeing your little, uh, your little, boxes what are the, they're a little like uh yeah wendy was asking that question yeah yeah the little lunch boxes yeah i had one of the spongebob boxes on my workbench for 12 to 14 years that my daughter gave me when she was little for father's day never had a use for it but I always had it up there so i put some of the electronics in there well when you get the dual spark cosmos there's a lot of electronics, which is why there's a whole page made. So then I bought another box to get more electronics. And then the battery was a regular size battery, like a tractor battery. So I had to get another box. So I do have three SpongeBob lunch boxes on it. <laughs> they look so nice. cool. I like but it hides the wires. I'm a neat, little bit of a neat freak and I don't want to see the wires. They look very good. <laughs> yeah. You, when you take a close look at it, it's like all of a sudden you're kind of taken back at the kids' lunch boxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's original. <clears throat> Steve. What's been, oh, Angie Drum, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Angie Drum wants to know, you might need to read it. <laughs> I'm talking too much. <laughs> <clears throat> go ahead. I'll do it. Okay. Angie Drum asks, what's been the most challenging thing you've ran into so far? 
Uh, I kind of need to know challenging in what aspect. I, I would guess like when you first started to progressing and learning your first, your first year. Oh, uh, well, we, we have Neil wins around here. So learning, especially beginning self-taught Neil wins was crazy. But the only thing that I ever struggle with and I still struggle is I will be fine for months. And then all of a sudden it's like I have Alzheimer's or a brain issue and I can't take off or land. My first turtle was at bad apples. I've been flying three years, never really had a problem. And then, I mean, I even have it on video turtle never thought it would happen. And the guy um, Ross over at aviator was laughing. He goes, don't feel bad. Kubot did that a couple of years ago. We got it on video and I was like, well, Kubot, y'all didn't get it on video. Yeah. He destroyed his, well, he stalled it. Uh, on a takeoff and then destroyed the scout. Luckily, um, I did that and pushed me straight on my back and nothing broke. And wow. age, nothing. I rolled out of it quick. Somebody said they saw how fast it was that I got out of it. And I said, it's going to get out of there before somebody saw me. <laughs> you didn't want pictures yeah. taken. <laughs> I do occasionally meet people where they're like, man, haven't biffed anything a hundred flights and all of a sudden I can't do stuff. And they beat themselves up like crazy for it, even with that amount of consistency. Well, I'm that way. And if it hasn't been for, you know, the guys that are good pilots that make videos that I still watch and I see them uh, blow a launch or get, not to say it's a good thing, but get hurt or break something. I'm like, okay, it, it happens. But you just feel like when you get up there to the level, it shouldn't happen. But yeah, that's that's why it's kind of neat to go to flyings and stuff because you'll see what you think is the best of the best, but when you see them mess up, I mean, I've seen people that I put on a huge pedestal just roll and like do all sorts of stuff, and I just learned, hey, uh, it happens to everybody, and you got to learn how to roll with the punches, no matter who you are. Like uh, Bill H says. He learned to let that stuff go. That's hard, but yeah, he's right. Yeah. Karen Up uh, says, does Chris only fly trike or does he foot launch? Well, I guess you do foot launch. Yeah, I started out foot launching and built the trike and took the seat out of the front. It flies terrible with one person and no weight, even with a small wing, I don't know, something with the high hang point on it. But uh, I self-taught trike. I did self-teach that and then got enough hours and went down and uh, the guys at 1UP brushed me back up. And then I spent the week with them to get tandem certified. Okay. How so was it working with 1UP? Oh, I'm sorry, Jade. No, sorry. Um. I've been an instructor. That's what I did in the military. And they are the hands down, the best instructors I have been to. I know in 20 years professional, they didn't cut corners. They didn't do things. They didn't make fun of anybody or, or make you feel bad. It was, and they rotated people and everybody has their own personality. Um, Travis is the brains of the operation where his business Kyle is the excellent pilot. 
Um, Allie is the good personality, fun, easy to learn from. So they all have their benefits. I would recommend that. And I'm like you guys, I, I would love to go down there and just throw money at them and, and brush up on other stuff. And I might do that one day. I told him I would. But just yeah, I'd love to go down and visit them. I When I finally got to meet them, they seemed like a really great bunch. Excellent group of people. The one thing I will say, too, is that I, I won't point any other names out, but I've noticed either myself or others, when you once you buy your gear or you do your training or whatever, it's not always the same once that little bit of time passes and you go back or you ask questions. I don't feel like it's always as welcoming after the, the storm passes when you do your initial with them. But one up, I can text Travis or any of them now and ask them a question and they're going to answer it as best they can. Yeah, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. Like I think some of the best schools out there, like if you're serious, you train with them and then you go back to be successful by yourself. Like the really good schools treat you like a family and you just become family and friends. And I've been able to get that and, that's pretty cool. And I always love it when schools recommend other schools. Yes. Like, hey, you're closer to these people. You want to work with them. Like, that's how you know a place is really good is, is when schools really work together. And I have personally experienced that with Travis, where he sent me to somebody else to get something that was going to be the same need that I have, but about uh, half cheaper, not cheaper made, just this is, you're looking at an exact uh, product for this trike. This guy makes something that's just like it. That's very good. And he was right. And it's on my trike today, but he could have sold it to me. He just told me, go to, go to this guy and tell him what you want. So iron Eagle trike says, Hey, Chris, one of my classmates for a couple days at one up. I was a beginner trike and he was doing tandem. Hope we get to fly together in the Carolinas sometime. Yeah. Anytime um, we, our group up here is Takina air park and there's a group of people, um, Cody and Cody was down there. He comes up every now and then Keegan, the, the reserve toss guy, he flies from there and the air park owner is a, he owns his own planes and he likes paramotors. So it's not that weird airport stuff. Um, and Karen flies from there also. Okay. We're just trying to go through the chat here. Yeah. And um, if anybody comes this way to the, the Northern end of South Carolina, Greenville, Clemson area and wants to fly, uh, get with me and I'll get you with somebody that uh, can give you a place to fly from. H Drum wants to know where's your favorite place to fly? Kristen can answer that one. We were just mm. talking about it yesterday. The picture. Which picture? Paramount well, Orlando when we flew from there. Um, we flew across and that was shady flying across the water, but then we went right down to the beach and there was nobody on the beach. I like flying from the beach. I just don't like the sand in my wings, but we're also in the mountains. So moonshiners, 
fly in. When we take off from the house up here, uh, I'm looking at mountains everywhere, but we're not at a mountain elevation. We're at, you know, 1,100 feet. We have two big lakes that you can fly over with plenty of outs on both sides. Hey, uh, since we're at about 35 minutes, a big question I have for you, just because next year, kind of thinking about wanting to do paragliding, but also once I get enough experience, maybe SIV, and I know you've done that. Do you want to talk about that? I got to meet Andrew Fuller, too, for the first time, and that guy's a riot. I loved him. I got lucky with SIV. Um, I couldn't go during his classes that he had scheduled. Another one of those great people, great instructors, great business owner. I'm texting with him back and forth. I talked him into doing a private class. So myself, Andy, and his wife, May, went out on the boat. And I got 10 toes in one day, which I will tell you is taxing for an old man. You're physically fit if you can do 10. I can't even do two flights at night. (laughs) Tim, Montana could do it, but... There's no way I would do that again. Um, on the ninth one, I said, man, I am done. And he says, nope, you got to go up one more time. And if you don't know about SIV, the, the hardest part really is not coming down and doing the, um, the collapses. It's the toe up. When you, when you come off of the bank in the behind the boat, he tows you to 5,000 feet. And it takes like 20 minutes of going around in circles. And you've got to stay positioned and he'd tell you on the radio, you know, stay inside, pull a little bit of break, but it's just that constant round and round going up. And then he tells you to pin off and that's when it gets fun. But I love SIV. I think I I would recommend it to anyone and you don't have to be a certain level of pilot. I know they want you to have 50 hours or whatever. He can make it to where it's comfortable. He asked me, what, what are you, or is there anything that you're concerned with or whatever? And I said, honestly, the only thing I don't want is I'm scared of getting gift wrapped because I know there's no way out of that. And he kept me from situations from getting gift wrapped. I mean, he talked to me and he told me, but the, the I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, So for as much as I've watched and looked at, it's still a bit of a mystery for me. And so does an SIV course, when you were doing it, did you ever feel like, man, if I do this maneuver and I don't do something right, like don't let it surge at the right time or whatever, I'm going to get gift wrapped and something horrible is going to happen. Well, I knew gift wrapping really only is going to happen when you're so far above the wing. And I never got, the wing never was under me as far as like um, with loose lines. Mm-hmm. Um when I did the full stall, it was behind me. I could still see it. I could still feel it. Uh, all the collapses and everything, the wings stayed over my head. Now, I guess if, you, if you're progressing and you go back after your first class and you do a second class and he's teaching you the heavy acro stuff, then I could see that being a problem. But see oh, that okay. right there? I mean, so you, you can go, you can kind of go into it at like a basic level and I mean, you felt relatively safe, like, <laughs> yeah. this is interesting. It's cool to hear that from somebody. Definitely. And he's not going to have you do anything that you don't want to do. You really could go in there and just 
just do a couple of collapses. That's one of the things I, I learned so much. Um, you know, lean over and grab those A's and just collapse whole 50% of that wing. And all you have to do is apply a little bit of outside brake and lean towards it. And it still flies straight and it doesn't fall. It's, wow. it's amazing. I had no idea when you let it go, it pops right back open. And the only thing that you have to do after that really is just check the surge. You know, you know, the wings coming back around. If it's behind you, it's going to come back in front of you. You just pull the brakes a little bit, stop it from going too far jostles you around a little bit, but I never felt like I was unsafe. Hmm. I think one of the biggest comments Chris had when he come back from SIV is I didn't realize how much it really took to collapse a wing and it made him feel a lot more comfortable trying new maneuvers. That's what everybody says is how they always say that how, how much they think it takes to collapse a wing. They never realize how much it takes. Yeah, that's, uh, it doesn't, it, it set me up for, you know, when you get thrown around a little bit on turbulence now, don't worry about it. Then I was just like, Oh God, something's going to happen. But when you're looking up and 50% of that wing is flopping and you let it go and it pops back out. I mean, you know that, you know that you're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're on your back at 5,000 feet and that wing is horseshoed up and not lifting you at all, and then in a matter of a few seconds, it's back out and ready to fly again, I have total confidence in the wings now that I didn't have before. I actually called up, a, I noticed there was a, a beginner in one of the groups. He was, for half a year, I just see this guy talking about his fear of collapses and turbulence and all this and he's done like two flights and finally i was like hey when's a good time to call you <laughs> and and finally uh, i kept getting busy and i didn't call him and he's like where's my phone call and i i called him at bad apples and i talked to him for a good hour i was like look i've seen so many of like what these people do with their wings like in person i've seen people at salt and sea doing weird stuff with their wings, trying to make them collapse. These things want to fly. You don't have to be obsessed with it. Like there's what you're feeling is normal, but at the same time, as a beginner, the last thing you really need to worry about is, is this wing going to collapse? Am I going to die? Yeah, I don't, I don't feel that at all. Now I, I can get bumps and, I don't like it because then you have to kind of go back to active piloting, but just change elevation or pull trims or something like that. That was so almost 5,000 feet. So I'm just going to share your photos that you had shared with me. I want to go down to visit Andrew Fuller just to play with his ducks and house pigs. <laughs> right. That seems like a lot of fun. But something you see that funny. video where like, a duck's chasing him. Yeah. And he falls down and it gets on his back. Like <laughs> I was helping him put the boat in and behind the boat was three alligators. And this was in the same lake that I knew I was going to be landing in. I did a oh, reserve on it. Um, on my ninth one, I was wore out. And I said, Andy, man, I am done. I am spent. He said, no, you got to go up one more time. You got to toss a reserve. And I said, I think I could just, I just will take it. No, man. I said, I'll, I'll even pay for, because you pay <laughs> You use their reserve, you pay for it because they're going to have to dry it out and 
and pack it and all of that. He said, nah, I'd prefer if you went back up. And I'm glad I did because we go up there. I do a couple of collapses, um, beeline stall, which is another fun one. And then next thing I know, he says, reserve, reserve, reserve. I had no idea when you throw your reserve, you reel in one side, you, you stop your main wing from flying. Um, if it's flying at all, you roll in one side. Um, the reserve ride down shocked me because my harness came up between my ears and I couldn't turn my head. So I had no idea where I was. And the next thing I know, I'm in the water. And the only thing he told me to do is when you get in the water, don't kick your legs. You'll get tangled up in the lines. And sure enough, first thing you do is start kicking your legs. You feel like <laughs> wow. It was great. It was fun. My favorite, my favorite maneuver, I think, two of them, beeline stall, which is apparently not a big maneuver. I didn't realize it. Is you pull the beelines down, the wing will stop flying forward, and it'll fall straight down at a very slow, controlled pace. And you just let them go, and it starts flying again. But there's, it's even in your manuals. If you read your glider books, it's in there of how to do a beeline because it's a, a descent technique, kind of like big ears. That was fun. And then when you do the stall, and you're on your back, he tells you to ease up on the brakes, and then the wing starts flying just a little bit, but it's flying backwards. So your wing is still ruffling because it's not full of air yet, but you're flying backwards, but you're flying. And that was just amazing. You can't hear it on the video that Jade played earlier when I'm managing the full stall. He's saying in the background, there's your tail slide, and you can see the wing is starting to take shape, but I'm actually going backwards really neat yeah and i don't think i have that in here to share i was quickly trying to add these from my other ipad so and this is you and Kristen out tandem yeah right one of our first early on that's Kristen's favorite part <laughs> <laughs> tim ends has a question he says how fast was the reserve ride would you have got hurt if it was on hard ground? That's a good question. Fast, yeah, it is. Fast and yes, definitely. I'm glad I went to water because 70-pound rig on my back, I don't know how guys walk away from that. I mean, it's definitely better than hitting it at 120 miles an hour, but it would have definitely been a hard hit. Yeah, you got to do that parachutal um, ball. I don't know what they call it. There's right. Keegan. There's the one that threw the reserve. <laughs> I taught him a little bit on a training flight. I actually put him in the pilot seat and and um, helped him out. I have two sets of toggles, which I've designed too. I just don't pull them out much because I don't want to. I don't know how people feel about it, but I have a set of toggles that I can clip to the main toggles and kind of help along with it. So when you did throw your reserve, you were mentioning pulling in one side of the wing. Did you end up doing that or not? Or yes, you did. Okay. Yeah. yeah as soon as I felt the tug of the uh, reserve, I reached up and grabbed the risers on one side of that wing and just rolled it up. And all you got to roll it in is a, a foot or two and it will stall the main chute, the main wing. Oh, okay. Eric wants to know if you guys have other hobbies. Chickens? We do not have chickens. <laughs> I grew up on a chicken farm 
So we definitely do not want, I do not want chickens. <laughs> How about wakeboarding? We have a boat, but we don't wakeboard much. That's behind one of my friend's boats. That was one of those things. I used to ski a lot growing up, and that was one of the things I wanted to learn. So now we're, we just do the old man pontoon thing with the grandkids. Uh, <laughs> grandkids again. You were a biker. I was in the Rough Riders Motorcycle Club for a few years. Our winter sport is skiing, snow skiing. I have fallen in love with that. Chris tags along with me because I enjoy it. Mm. That's met Pierce. Molly for the first time at Bad Apples, and she's like, wow, I thought you were a jerk. You're a lot nicer in person. <laughs> Kristen met her, too, and uh, Kristen liked her. So she's just got a good personality. Allie. She's just fun, easy to talk to. Really enjoyed that whole group. We had a really good time at Bad Apples this year. That um, guy in the blue shirt is Pierce. That's the one that makes the off-grid throttle. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. I'll pr probably eventually get that. Um, I was a competitive shooter for a few years. I shot in uh, IDPA and USPSA. I became very competitive. I have a competitive nature. And I didn't have the edge to get me to number one except for a couple of times. But I knew it was one of those that rise and fall. So I'd get in the top 5% in state and regional competitions. But the top two or three guys are always just blazingly fast. We're flying over a nuclear station there. I used to work at a nuclear station in security. And since I know all the guys, I can call them and tell them we're flying around it and get away with it. <laughs> so who's who here? That's Cody underneath me. He was the one next to us at the uh, tent, yeah. too. Okay. State He's the other one that's self-trained, except he is 100% self-trained with the exception of his tandem. That's him, me and him over... Uh, the lake that we go to a lot. That's cool. So check this out right here. What is, is that? that? Ultralight? Oh, yeah, that's Travis. <laughs> we have a couple of fixed wing guys that like to fly around. Of course, they do circles around us, but they like to fly when we do. Travis actually was the guy that talked to me on the radio on my first launch. He used to be a PPG pilot. Hmm. weird you can't see the mountains there we have big mountains in the background you just can't see them gender reveal for somebody we didn't even know cody worked with <laughs> i just went with a group to do that last week like six eight of us went and did a cross country and two of them had smoke bombs on their feet <laughs> um how often do you fly and i guess two-part question how often do you fly in when you first started, like your first year, how aggressive were you in learning and and whatnot? I don't fly much. I'm a fair weather flyer. You know, I fly between like 60 and 80 degrees. That's about it. Um, I did fly a lot more in the beginning, but now um, 
I go when I can. It's hooking everything up, and I fly a couple times a month. But we have so much other stuff. We have uh, her family lives out of town, so we visit them. We have the grandkids, motorcycle boat. We do a lot of other things, too. So, But I'm not one of those you ever see flying in snow. And it's 100 degrees here today, this week, so there's no way I'm getting out. <laughs> so I'm Eric, Eric and I have questions. Have you ever kiteboarded? And would you ever try it? I haven't, but I would try it. It kind of looks take him. <laughs> It kind of looks aggressive. It is. <laughs> in high winds, and you don't know if you're going to get picked up or not. So next time a bad apples will get them out for them. <laughs> <laughs> so we were trying in springtime here um, on a soccer field, and Eric hooked me in. And he's like, just try it. And there's dog crap all over, you know, melting snow. And we're between trees. And I learned about rotor then. And this wing going up to the neutral position, the 12 o'clock position, before it gets there, it's very angry. <laughs> and I got it partially to the neutral position and it launched me off the ground and slammed me right back down into the dog crap. I ejected and <laughs> I was like, don't eject, don't eject. And as I'm getting dragged across the snowy ice and I'm kind of like trying to gasp for air, he grabs it, he stands up and he's like, look, it's not that bad. He falls on his butt. He's now being dragged across. I'm kind of like half crying, half laughing, going, you're such an idiot. <laughs> I have to find that video. <laughs> How much wind do you have to have for that to be successful? Wind. Yeah, 12 plus. Okay. So, yeah, and then when he decided he wanted to do this sport after <laughs> me trying that sport, I was like, oh, God, another wing. <laughs> I was, like, having panic attacks. <laughs> so, yeah, so you can go with Eric now. Great. Kristen, we can do the uh, Outer Banks together, and we'll go do something else. <laughs> so Travis DuPont says... We are noodling catfish in this heat to stay cool. It's like 100 here every day this week. He must live close to the southeast because we're hotter than Florida and Texas, and that's not common. He's in Louisiana, the, I think the northwest area, I believe. You guys know what noodling catfish is? Hey, you stick your arm down on a dark hole, and I'm, nope. Not there's some other things, there's some other things can be in those holes too. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with this conversation. <laughs> I had a pool. I needed to see what was at the bottom of that <laughs> where my feet were touching. <sighs> I'm not sticking my arm in a hole. <laughs> I don't know. Night, guys. <laughs> Angela says 107 in Vegas. Mm. Is that the actual that's a, heat? That's a dry heat, though. Like, <laughs> right. Vegas is dry heat's like nothing. Yeah. Like you go it's hot. Like 95, 
92, 95 here, but with the humidity, the index is 107. It's like the event over hill. Dudes, hot is hot, okay? <laughs> yeah, but humid so, hot is way worse. Yeah. My buddy and I used to grab a large tarp and head to the park in Kansas when a tornado siren would play out. Never worked very well. If y'all know Shade, that that's funny because you just have to know him. He probably actually did that. Yeah. <laughs> and laughed the entire time. You gotta stop, drop, shut them down, and open up shout. Yeah. <laughs> I wear my flight suit when flying in Wisconsin. Last flight was 65. <laughs> he did. I'll wear a flight suit at 65. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I know it's going to be 45,000 feet up. Yeah. It was last week. <laughs> yeah, that's cool up in the air. Yeah, he was dying down on the ground, though. You know, But then once he got up, it was a little bit cooler then. But we've been getting the hot and humid now, too. Shane says he cooks a turkey in dry heat. <laughs> Uh, anybody new in here tonight? Well, Gladys mm -hmm. says it was a hundred here in central Florida today before humidity. Yuck. Mm. Yeah. So who is in here? I don't have, my phone's not working right. Who is in here tonight? We've got Alicia Osborne in here. Hello, Alicia. Uh, she's wondering if anybody's going to Mountain City um, to Moonshiners. Moonshiners. I don't believe we're going to be going, um, Alicia. Just a long, kind of crazy small roads to get there. You got any Chris? big plans coming up, Chris? Moonshiners. <laughs> uh, cruise. cruise. Oh, yeah, we're leaving for a cruise next week. Oh. For a cruise? Where are you going? Bahamas. Nice. That's nice. What are you going to do there? Do scuba or? I don't think we're going to do anything. We're just going to do a lot of drinking and eating. <laughs> I like yeah, your style. Like being around us, we drink a lot. <laughs> It'd be nice just to, I think, get away with any cell service and no access to emails. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Sign me up next time. Absolutely. Yep. I'll come along right now. I got no commitments. I can work remote. Yeah. Eric says we should plan a cruise for all of us to Alaska. Wendy Weaver's trying to plan one for next year. I would love yeah. an Alaskan cruise. A what? I would love an Alaskan cruise. Yeah, that's supposed to be our honeymoon. COVID shut down our honeymoon. And now I'm just waiting to go on our honeymoon yet. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have been, but a cruise with multiple couples is, is not a bad deal because you don't have to stay. And not, not that there's anything wrong with you guys, but you don't have to stay together the whole time. You can kind of like meet and hang out for a little bit and then go do your own thing. It's not a bad deal if you wanted to do couples. Yeah, good idea. Let's see. Reminds me of that one time I screwed up a key party. 
you know, that one of those where everybody puts their keys in a bowl and then at the end of the night you take the key and and then you get to drive someone else's car home. <laughs> Is that not how it works? Maybe that's why they never invite me back. <laughs> that's probably it, Steve. <laughs> All right. Well, if nobody has any other questions, um, actually, Shane's got one. Is Mountain City Airport open to flyers all year round? I believe that is yes. Dave, the guy that runs the place is Dave. He's really cool. Yep. He likes a little bit of everybody. They do have a new parachute um, club, I think, there. They're doing parachute stuff, too. Dave Garrison leaves his name. Yep. And it's not the Mountain City ppg flyers that are hosting it this year they are not doing that this year it's just i believe the dave putting on the ppg um fly in there good guy yeah he is were you there last year mm -hmm. which end were you at we were directly in front of the hangar the big hangar where everybody parties and the bathroom. Oh. So you were down by James Sutherland. Yeah. Brooke Sheffield. Okay. We were on the far opposite end, the last um, parking okay. lot spot. Yeah. And right near the grass hill, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. So we hit eight o'clock already. See it went quick. Um, you did mention, and Dewey said she tried to, to, um, do some research on you and she said she couldn't find anything. You're pretty locked down. Said you didn't have a YouTube page, but I said you, you did. So you do have, yeah, I didn't find it. Can we find you on YouTube and subscribe to you. It's Chris Gwynn, all one word, C-R-I-S-S-G-U-I-N-N. And I didn't have a lot. I did a lot of shooting videos back in the day, and but it's still there. Okay. Think you'll be adding any paramotor stuff? I could, yeah. There's some paramotor. The SIV stuff is on there. Some of the stuff that you guys didn't put up. <laughs> um, <laughs> just different stuff, shooting and some tandem and all that. I just want to know how you maintain that beautiful smile. Like that is some dental hygiene going on right there. <laughs> You're talking to Kristen, right? No. Chris. He's got a nice smile. I like it. Get a tan. Make your teeth look whiter. It's bleach. I know it. Eric. That would depend on what time of the year the cheese curds are the best. <laughs> he doesn't even know. <laughs> he'll do some studying and he'll get back to you. <laughs> so anyway, um, Deweese, got any new videos put out? No, at all? Nothing new. Nothing new. <laughs> nothing new. <laughs> nothing new. <laughs> nothing new. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, yep. How about you, Steve? Any new videos? I'm loud enough. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Will you be back next week? Um, depends if I'm flying or not. Okay. All right. So Speaking of that, we will miss you guys next week. We've been on the show since 
got bad apples, apples, all that. And then even before then with Eric on the Kennedy Creek fly in, I was I was on there with Nashville Paramotor guy. But we'll be on the cruise next week, so we won't. Well, dang. We're going to miss you guys. When you guys come back. Yeah, you will. You'll get that cell service and be like, I'm logging in. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm it out. I will get back Monday. Monday? Yeah. All right. Well, you guys have fun. Yeah. Have a good time. I guess Eric was going to put um, a little after show in if anybody's interested in sticking around. I don't know if Steve wanted to go fly or anybody wants to hang out, but we'll stick around for a little bit if Chris and Kristen want to stick around also. Um, otherwise, next week is one year. So party. we do have Susan Ray as a guest. Um, so we're looking forward to finally getting her on. And um, she was one of our first helpers, Deweese, at Moonshiners. Uh huh. I remember. She didn't want to be on, so she was kind of our uh, our go out in the field. She was so awesome too. Yes, she was great. Yep. So we've got her next week um, during our one year anniversary. So please come back next week and help us celebrate one year. So I guess in the meantime, I'm trying to put out a video one of these days from when we went to our Torchport um, fly-in with Montana and a couple of the Wisconsin guys, and maybe eventually I'll get that out. Y'all give us a thumbs up. Yeah, please give us a thumbs up and make sure you subscribe and hit the, the bell so you get notifications when we come around. Otherwise, hang in there for the little intro or the outro and see you all next week and party with us next week. Bye, y'all. Just a heads up. What? Wrong one. <laughs> <laughs>